Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome back to Slam Dance 2021 Virtually. We are so excited to sit down and talk about the feature-length documentary, Workhorse Queen, with the director, Angela Washko, and the Workhorse Queen herself, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Thank you so much for being here. Thank well, you. thanks for having us. We, we like to start with the director introducing those who haven't seen the film yet. Can you give us a little summary of Workhorse Queen? Sure, yeah. Um, Workhorse Queen is a documentary film. Uh, it follows the life and career of Ed Popel, you may know as Mrs. Kasha Davis, uh, before, um, during, and after Mrs. Kasha Davis's run on RuPaul's Drag Race and looks at how that reality show platform has really impacted Ed's life, but also the, the lives of the, um, the other drag performers in the Rochester community. Yeah, yeah, we loved it. It was just such a fun film to watch, such an incredible story. Um, so I'll start with you, Angela. You know, as a, as a filmmaker, you come into a documentary hoping to get certain aspects of a story, but you never really know what you're going to get. So I, I'm interested to see uh, what were some unexpected moments that came out and, and what were some gems that, that you had to unfortunately put on the cutting room floor because I'm, I'm sure there's just oh. so much fun so much fun happening and and then to follow up uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis if you can say what was surprising to you? you you've been a performer for all these years what was surprising to you about the whole documentary process yeah you know I I went into this be, being so interested in Mrs. Kasha Davis because of how she really stood out on the show this like very specific um, kind of 60s housewife persona that was really an homage to um, Ed's mother and, you know, the, the women doing all this sort of unsung sung labor. And I loved that. And I thought it wasn't really highlighted in the show and started looking more into Mrs. Kasha Davis and, and then Ed. And so I got really excited about the the idea of, of following Ed on, on his journey. But along the way, something that uh, I didn't anticipate was just how amazing the Rochester community is and how um, how invested they are in in performing in, you know, not not just uh, queer clubs, but also uh, theaters and um, and libraries and banquet halls and the Jewish Community Center. Uh, so I, I became more and more interested in what the the entire community, uh, what makes the the drag community in Rochester so special and, and so prolific. You know, we're, we're used to hearing stories about uh, New York and LA and San Francisco and, um, the, and London and the drag scenes uh, in those cities. And I thought uh, Rochester is doing this uh, amazing, real like bridge building work uh, within the city uh, and, the, and the suburbs as well. So yeah, I got excited about that. And that took me on a, a different path also toward um, some of Mrs. Kasha Davis's sisters like Aggie Dune, who has this sort of kind of parallel trajectory working together uh, with Mrs. Kasha Davis. And then as Mrs. Kasha Davis goes on Drag Race, Aggie continues to audition and has a, a much 
mm, yeah, a very different relationship with reality television. So yeah, that was that was a a pathway that I, I didn't expect and, and found really um, interesting. And then things that got cut. I mean, Mrs. Costa Davis is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, she's yes. so funny. So I'm following her all the time. I have, you know, my premiere timeline. There's a there's just a project file that's called like hilarious mkd and it's like hours long like clips of like (laughs) i i need to do like you know special features like whatever blue Blu blu-ray extras but just like every you know with the editors i'm just like that can't leave that can't leave it's like mrs costa davis making jokes in the elevator and scaring people or (laughs) um you know all of her audition tapes have amazing material in them it's just like, yeah, so there's there's so many um, amazing dad jokes in a dress, you know, just, but we, we can only fit the many that are already in the film. <laughs> well, I mean, what a gift to be able to work with somebody who's so sweet and kind and <laughs> knows what she's doing. I mean, I have to say the thing that was uh, probably the most uh, eye-opening and surprising for me was what I learned about documentary filmmaking, I could use in my performance, live performances, and very much so in my social media presence. Uh, Angela taught me early on that I wasn't meant to be performing for the camera. I was to be me. And it was a, it was a consistent note she would give me, like, I don't need that conscientious just be, be, you know? And there were times where it was, it, was, it was necessary, but it really gave me a perspective of just being my, uh, uh, another, you know, support of being myself. And um, I think Angela doesn't realize how much, you know, she's really affected me in that respect, you know, as a director and then now as a friend where it's, you know, it's, it's okay to be you, Ed, you know, and, and, that's, and that's been a really wonderful, process for me yeah and uh to that note ed or mkd as you are also (laughs) known um well first of all yeah documentary filmmaking is therapy for sure probably for the subject and for the documentarian um but when you said yes to a documentary about yourself mkd did you know in that moment that it was going to be really your whole story or did that unfold unfold as time went on I believe I had a a mindset of, because I do a one woman show where it's essentially my story. I sort of felt like that it was going to be a mirror replication of that stage story. I didn't realize that there would be more opportunities for more in depth honesty and, and, and opening up to the community and to, to family. You know, I think that, Angel and I have gone back and forth. I'm like, well, I have this person that it would be great, or I have this photo, or how about these videos? And she's like, well, we have to keep it like under, you know, 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know. or not, I would watch 16 hours of, oh, of Episo- you. Just episodic, yes. yes. I love to hear that. Let's talk later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, on the topic of 
Um, just your impact, Mrs. Kasha Davis, you know, we talk all the time about how representation matters just across the board. And for you, when you were first starting out, you talk about, you know, I thought I was supposed to, you know, had to fit in here and fit in there, but you just really owning your persona and who you are and realizing that you didn't need to win RuPaul's Drag Race in order to be successful in, in your career. Um, you know, it's just really power, a powerful message. So can you talk about through the process of making this documentary, how you've realized just the impact that you've made and kind of gives you the strength to, to continue on and be your true self. Well, thank you for that. And I I will say that in my, as you, you know, aware, my sobriety journey, a lot of that is recognizing what is success in life? What What are you, what is it that you're striving for? And so often we strive for the car, the house, the things, right? and uh, 2020 in itself, <laughs> as well as the experience with this documentary really began to showcase for me as I'm telling my story and as I'm watching it, you know, this, this circle of, uh, that, that I have sort of this radar of things that are mo most important to me, you know, it's my family, our dog, <laughs> the, this, this circle of success really, it doesn't include all of those things that I was reaching for so, so desperately in the past. You know, it's, it, it is my community. It is the fact that, yeah, I feel pretty good about, you know, what we've built so far in Rochester and what we continue to do. And, and I think that's a great message for people that, you know, your success can be right in front of your eyes and you just don't see it. Yeah. And um, speaking of family, can we talk more about your husband? What a wonderful partner. Yes. Um, it's, you know, uh, and my, my Angela and I, and our, our producer here, Shar, we all, I, I think I'm speaking from the eye. We all have people that really support our journey in terms of podcasters. Um, and so it's just really important to have a, have family or people in your circle to support you. And Angela, you can speak to this too, as a documentary filmmaker, but your husband is so supportive. Can you talk more about him, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Oh Davis? I, you know, I can go on and on about Mr. Davis. He is, you know, when I was a kid, I used to dream, and maybe I'm slightly psychic. I do believe I am. I used to dream of this Stephen, and uh, I'd be like, "Oh, don't be dreaming about men," you know. <laughs> and you know, and so as when I met him, it was a dream come true, mm. and and then he had this. He wanted to talk and he said, I have something to tell you. I'm like, oh, great. It's the friends conversation. <laughs> and, and, you know, he said, I have two kids and is that going to be okay? I nearly shot through the roof. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what I've been praying for. I've always wanted to have, you know, the family and, and growing up, there was not this mindset for me that you couldn't adopt or that, you know, a same sex couple could have children. It was, it just was not, there were no examples of this. And so, He's always so calm and steady. And you know, artists, how we can be, right? All over. And I said to him, I've said to him, I'm like, you're like my human energy Xanax. Like, you just are <laughs> together and everything is okay. You know, and um, you know, who would have thought that he would have, I said, when I first said to him, I'd like to do drag, he didn't make a face, nothing. He's like, okay. Like, it was just not, not a, it's whatever you want to do. And it's always been that way. You know, I will be quick to jump on a decision and he'll say, let's take our time on it. And so we balance each other that way. 
but um, he's my best friend. We have so much fun together. We can just have fun sitting watching TV and a and a you know a bag of popcorn, and um, and and it's just been such a wonderful journey so far. And I'm I'm very very grateful. Yeah, and I, I have to say the the YouTube channel that um, Mrs. Costa Davis has it's it's had different names over the years. Uh, Life with the Davises was the kind of version of it that. I, I fell in love with, like when I became interested in Mrs. Kasha Davis, I went down the rabbit hole, watched every single one of their YouTube videos. And what was, what really um, drove me to kind of go head first down a rabbit hole making this film was like watching the, the intimacy that you could see shared within this video series, Mr. Davis or Stephen Levins is pretty much always behind the camera. Um, you can hear him kind of, you know, his banter, his voice is always there even when he's not on camera. And there's just this like raw, warm, honest uh, intimacy in these videos. And so they really, um, yeah, informed the, the film so much and really the one video that really like put me over the edge to send an email was the uh, snakes hate beige video in the film <laughs> <laughs> i was just like for some reason like it you know that's that's a that's a piece of the film that almost ended up in the editing floor it was so polarizing between the editors one editor was like this is absolutely the best part of the film two other editors were like you have to get rid of that it makes no sense but i was like this makes like there's nothing that i there's nothing like uh logistically that i can say that makes sense to it about me but or for me but the yeah, snakes hate beige. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> yes. He happens to be nearby, so he wants to say hi. Oh, so nice hi. to meet you, hi. Mr. Davis. <laughs> Great job. Congratulations. People are singing your praises. So. Yeah. <laughs> I want too, right? So. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. where can we find more of you? <laughs> we can talk later. Yeah. He, currently, he's in the kitchen making something big. But yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, he of is. course. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Now you're just bragging. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. I know. Move, moving on. Uh, so, you know, on, on its surface, this film is about following the life of a drag queen. But really, uh, just this underlying message that kept coming back was just about loving yourself. You know, just when we talk about your journey with sobriety, you discuss, you know, your relationship with your father and kind of coming into your own in your in your performing. So, um, Angela, can you speak to just how, why that was important for you in, in the story arc, in the arc of this story? And um, for Mrs. Kasha Davis, you know, how really loving yourself has has affected your yourself as a performer? Yeah, so, you know, watching RuPaul's Drag Race, watching Mrs. Costa Davis's run on RuPaul's Drag Race, I just felt like the 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 best parts of Mrs. Costa Davis were, were not showcased. And so I, I really felt like there was so much more there. And I think in the process of, of doing that, realizing that there had been so much ageism in the show, which I felt like contributed to a um, yeah a short maybe a, a shorter run than than certainly I would have hoped or Mrs. Costa Davis would have hoped for. Um, and I think that so much of the the performance communities that at least I've been a part of have been 
um, you know, the, the people who have paved the way for, for younger performers are such a, an important part of these communities. And so, yeah, I, I felt a, uh, yeah, tremendous desire to have, you know, this, this experienced performer who gets called a workhorse queen as though it's an insult. I really wanted to honor that experience and, and also just show, showcase the amount of labor going on behind the scenes, keeping Mrs. Kasha Davis going and the, the highs and the lows, the, you know, in, in a lot of media, there's a, there's a pressure to, particularly with social media, there's a pressure to always present, you know, the, the best, most polished, most impressive version um, of ourselves. And I think even more so if you're in a kind of um, enter, entertainment industry context, like Ms., Mrs. Kasha Davis is. So I felt like I had an opportunity to, you know, sort of share some of the, the challenges within that, um, that journey and, and, yeah, honor, honor all of that labor that um, Mrs. Costa Davis is doing to, you know, move, move forward, especially given the ageism in the industry. Well, I'll tell you, the path to loving myself has taken a while. Uh, I'm turning 50 this year. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, growing up, I, I was surrounded uh, by a lot of judgment, but I was also surrounded by this drive for you can do it, positivity and uh, encouragement at the same time. But I just didn't believe it. You know, when I felt so uh, different and uh, shunned for being feminine or just flamboyant and I just kept getting the messages that I was no good. So I, I didn't matter what I looked like. It didn't matter what success I might've had. It always felt like it could have been better. And uh, as time went on, I found ways to anesthetize as, as is mentioned and drinking would come in and out of my life and got certainly got worse as, as time went on. And I just felt like you know, loving myself, uh, it just, it didn't seem possible. But it wasn't until sobriety when I began to understand the process of gratitude for what I do have. And instead of constantly trying to um, dodge or go around a feeling with alcohol by anesthetizing, going around it, I had to go straight through the shit. I had to go through it. I had to feel the pain, feel the fear, and forgive what I had perceived. You know, there was some reality of what was going on, but then I continued to perceive it as though I was hated, for instance, by my father. I was not hated. He was trying to do what he was trying to, to, to do to help me in the best way he knew how. So I had to find ways to forgive. And when I started to do these things, I started to find ways of loving myself. It's a daily struggle. To this day, like I'll say, well, I can, I can be one who can compare very easily. Well, this particular drag queen has this many followers or this particular <laughs> person has this. And it's just an ever losing game mm -hmm. uh, to do that. Uh, and this particular pro process and this project has has really helped me. I think you mentioned it's a therapeutic process. It really is. 
to to watch this and to be like, wow, you know what? I'm I'm really happy with what I've been providing myself, my family, and my audiences. And uh, uh, they can be an audience of four or four hundred. By the way, you know um, that's a good thing, and it's okay. So yeah, I can say more and more. I do uh, love myself, and uh, and that is a a, a gift. Uh, and hopefully, by sharing this story. You know, somebody doesn't have to wait till they're 50, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. Start wherever and, 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 and understand that we all go through some similarity, similar aspects of this kind of a path. Yeah, um, we're going to be wrapping up in just a minute, but I did want to uh, talk to you, uh, Ms. Kasha Davis, about your drag community and the pandemic. How are you all holding up? I know every state's very different, so maybe y'all are doing great. Um, San Francisco's pretty much still shut down for the most part. Um, so just wondering how, how your community's doing through this time. We're shut down. We're doing shows on Zoom. We have a, a, an opportunity where we, we're celebrating a club that we used to perform at together called uh, Club Mothers. Oh, right, nobody, yeah. Nobody loves you like your mothers. And, <laughs> and myself, Pandora Box, who's you know, not performing right now out in LA. So we're able to be together and Aggie June, Ambrosia Salad, Darian Lake, and uh, Kiki Velasquez Lord is on our next one. My, the next one is March 14th to celebrate my 50th. So, so we have that. And, uh, and of course I'm doing my story time live. Uh, I just did that this afternoon and, and that just fills my heart, so. Good. I love it. I love it. So where, oh, were you going to say something, Angela? I was just going to add, you know, Rain Lounge, which was a, a venue in Syracuse, which was uh, very heavily featured in the film, uh, which is a, a, for, for me, not being from uh, the Western New York area, visiting Rain Lounge, I was just like, I wish Rain Lounge was in every city. Um, but yeah, Rain, Rain Lounge actually closed during the pandemic. Isn't that right? Yes, it did. And yeah, it's really they unfortunate. So many years, and unfortunately, just could not survive uh, all the time being closed. Uh, Duke is incredible and so supportive, and he will indeed continue to bring, you know, special event type celebration performances to the Syracuse Rochester community. Uh, but it's very, very devastating because it was not just a bar. You know, as we yep. know, these, yep. these spaces mm -hmm. are are community spaces where so many people come together and um, there's been a lot of life and a lot of loss uh, people that we've lost throughout the years so this is a very special place so it's a difficult time we look forward to being able to get together to maybe have a you know a final celebration performance or something together with the rain lounge community but it's 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 something i know there are so many performers out there there'll be different um, shows on facebook or all the different type of streaming platforms support these performers. Some of them, it's their full-time jobs, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, and as we know, it's it's the entertainers and the um, the service industry that are hit the hardest with this right. because mm -hmm. because those were the biggest restrictions. Yeah, right, right. Well, before we go, how can people follow you both on socials? Anything you want to put out there? How can we join your fiftieth birthday party? <laughs> Well, for me, you know, you can Google Mrs. Kasha Davis and I'm on Insta Snatch, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Davis, is, he's got this TikTok thing, and I'm like, Mr. Davis, that's the kitchen clock, and you're acting a little crazy. <laughs> but we're there too. It's all Mrs. Kasha Davis. 
And the Workhorse Queen film has Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Workhorse Queen. Um, and I'm Angela Washko, and you can find me on social media also, but not as much. <laughs> well, thank you both. It was really an honor to have you on the show. Again, we've been speaking to director Angela Washko and the star, Mrs. Kasha Davis of Workhorse Queen. Take care, guys. We'll see you again soon. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>